to a Clubfoot Mom podcast. I'm your host and fellow Clubfoot Mom, Maureen Hoff. So I'm super excited for this episode because my husband, Brian, will be joining the conversation to talk about his experience being a Clubfoot dad and how his role as a dad was different than mine as a mom. I feel like in the Clubfoot world, a lot of times we hear from moms in particular And I thought it would be really cool to get his experience, and I'm very grateful that he was willing to come on. A little background story about us. We are high school sweethearts. We met when he was 15 and I was 16, and we've been together for almost 20 years now and married for almost 11. We got three beautiful girls together, and we're best friends, and we're still desperately in love with each other. And I'm super excited for him to share his experience today. So, hi, babe. How's it going? Welcome to the podcast. Excited to be here. I'm so thrilled you agreed to come on today after a little bit of, um, you know. Arm twisting. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> I like it. Um, so, I wanted to start with just from the beginning. So, what was your experience when we found out about our cuties clubfoot diagnosis yeah i think the interesting piece is a little sidebar on how i am i'm a little more laid back as a person um so i think when we first heard it um i didn't necessarily register as what the impact was fully going to be i think we had two younger two other previous kids uh, going into the ultrasound, not necessarily thinking anything was going to be wrong. So mm-hmm. I had zero expectation that, that everything was just going to be fine in this one as well. So that was a little bit of a shock to kind of understand. And um, when we first heard, I just remember seeing my, you know, you going kind of completely silent and mm-hmm. just like trying to figure out how do I, one, process this from my own perspective to figure out what is this. Um, and also support you and figure out how does that look. I think from my processing side is a lot different where I don't necessarily have the stress and panic come in originally until I'm able to do more research. Mm. Um, but I think it did have more onset originally just because I think from trying to ensure that you're okay and how is this going to impact and change our worlds kind of mm. moving forward. So when you heard the word clubfoot, what did you picture in your mind? Like when the ultrasound tech said clubfoot, like what was your first idea? To be honest, I don't think I really pictured anything. Mm. Um, I envisioned kind of, I think somewhat similar to what it probably is. Um, But again, not really ever hearing the word before. I didn't really have a, a whole lot. But as soon as we got out of the ultrasound, I instantly pulled out my phone and started googling what this was and what does it look like and what's treatment and mm-hmm. um you know i think the ob that we were seeing at the time didn't have a full understanding of it either as well so i think that set a little more panic in as well for us because that didn't necessarily go as smooth as i was it could have and should have um but i think as i started understanding it more i started getting more stressed about just being sure that our kid kiddo is going to be all right. Mm -hmm. 
Right. I think I'm definitely more of a worst case scenario person. <laughs> yes. So I think we had a conversation <laughs> where I pictured, I was like, our kid isn't going to have like, because for me, I like pictured basically a deformed foot, but that could never be corrected. Right. Like in my mind, I thought that this meant that she was never going to walk or run or be able to have functional feet. So I definitely jumped to worst case and I didn't look up on the internet and I think it was in the ultrasound room or in the room waiting for the OB when I was like, this is really bad. And you're like, oh, you know? Yeah, and so I totally think, was like that. Yeah. so I'm interested. So thanks for sharing that. Of course. Um, what would you say is your or was your biggest concern regarding her club foot before she was born? So we've heard about the diagnosis. We kind of have an idea of what the treatment's going to be like. What were you most concerned about? I think originally, very early on, was I, I didn't, what I didn't know, I didn't know, right? Mm. So that was originally. Um, and then as you kind of are able to get past that first couple of weeks of processing, being like, okay, going through the roller coaster of emotions of what the heck's going to happen. This is the worst thing. What is this? This is, I have no clue. Everything to everything's going to be okay. We've got this, you know, great research out there that shows that it's a pretty successful, you know, you know correction rate and all those kind of things. Um, the next big thing that was my biggest worry was choosing the right doctor. Um, we bounced back and forth of choosing someone local um, versus going to see Dr. Dobbs in St. Louis at the time. Those were our biggest, that was our biggest concern and challenge to figure out as a family what to do. I think not knowing where to go, what choice to make, and having to try choose that before the baby's born is also hard. Um, balancing that with your normal day-to-day -day life as you have two other kids and trying to figure out how you're going to manage them, uh, work life, uh, what's that going to be, that was my biggest concern and worry pre, um, you know, our daughter being born, um, is kind of just the biggest challenge that we, we figured out. But I think as you kind of continue to work and adapt into and communicate well together, I felt like we've had many, many conversations around this topic. Um, and if I could do it all over again, I'd probably would have chosen Dr. Dobbs from the start. Mm -hmm. And I think in the moment you feel like you're not you're trying to keep things as kind of consistent and you're having I'm, I'm an optimistic person so i'm thinking okay this doctor is going to know what he's going to do but again mm -hmm. going back to the beginning of i don't know what i don't know and you don't realize how many doctors that may not follow or correct it entirely um and that's something that i wouldn't want to have a potential challenge mm -hmm. in the future so i think i would definitely choose a little different if i could um, but that's obviously me now versus what I was a couple years before. And obviously the day-to-day -day stress of what's going on in those moments of my life, that was a big challenge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's interesting because I think if I were to go backwards, I wouldn't have changed. Like, yes, I'm so grateful that we see Dr. Dobbs now. And I think that that was the right decision. But thinking back to the amount of stress I was under, you know, just postpartum and recovering from having a baby. And then we had such a hard time nursing with our right. cutie. And that was such a struggle that like, I was so grateful that we were local because I don't know what I would have done if I was by myself. 
Agreed. In a different city, in a different place. Yep. So I, where I'm coming from, I do understand where you what you're saying because I think it would have alleviated a lot of anxiety. I think I felt a lot of anxiety about were her feet corrected, especially after casting and not knowing for sure, which is what propelled us to move forward. But I think I'm very grateful that it worked out the way it did because I just don't know what I would have done if I was The hard part is I don't know what I would say if it wasn't the same, right? If if it wasn't 100%, would I be kicking myself in that part of it if I didn't? And I just know that the when we first went to go see Dr. Dobbs and he kind of gave us the thumbs up and mm-hmm. everything's looking good. The stress, as we called it, when we went to lunch that day was, <laughs> I felt like the, the weight and the monkey was off our back. Mm-hmm. And you kind of feel like you're at least like, you can kind of take a small breath of relief. So, but that yeah. was, who knows what it would turn out to be. So. Maybe we could have avoided the monkey altogether. That's <laughs> what you're saying. Potentially. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I get you. Yeah. Well, what about during the casting phase of treatment? What do you remember most? What stood out for you as a dad versus me as a mom? Because me as a mom, I'm nursing her. I'm really responsible for like literally her life source. So I've had right. just given birth to her. We're in this kind of intensive medical thing. And I'm trying to figure out the nursing thing while doing the casting. And then you're dad. So right. I think two things that I see. One was from a... The actual casting was it wasn't as intensive when you first have the cast. I felt like it's very doctor focused at that point. I think when you come home and you're worried about, okay, is the cast slipping, all those kind of things, and you just, that's a constant thing. But I think there was less kind of hands-on. And it's almost like when you first have the kid and you're still there and the, you know, the nursery and all the nurses are around and then you have to go home and you have to go do it yourself. But it's kind of, that's kind of more to when you get to the boots and bar phase, but it's just like, you're not, I feel like there's a lot more focus from making sure the doctor's there. Um, but more physically, what I remember is how just wet and heavy the casts were the first, mm-hmm. first day. And that was always, you know, my biggest worry for them was, you know, you're this couple week old baby, one month, two month old mm-hmm. baby that's going through this and how heavy and wet the casts are, and you just want them to be comfort, right? You want them to be comfortable. You want to give them love and show them those things. So that was one big piece. And then one thing on more of a positive note that I remember and was one of my favorite times during the casting phase was bath time. Mm-hmm. That was such a great time to just see the your daughter or kid's legs for the, first, you know, for the one 15-minute time in mm-hmm. the week that you hadn't seen him and just you know being able to experience that alone with your kid while no other doctors are around that was a that was a fun experience that you don't get and you don't just kind of take advantage of with your you know you don't see that and you mm-hmm. don't realize how important something like that can be so that was a that was a special moment um during the casting phase was just obviously the bath time for mm-hmm. being able to I mean, I know they're sensitive and all that, but still just kind of seeing their feet and seeing their legs and just how cute they are. I think that we looked out too because she really liked the bath time too. So she enjoyed it. So it wasn't like a stressful time because she enjoyed it. And then we got some time to really look at the progression her feet were making, which just is so substantial. and Quickly too. Such a quick amount of time. That's the truth. Agreed. Right, right. 
I also think that I remember from the casting phase of just her, like when you're talking about how heavy and wet they are, I didn't realize that it would take 24 hours for the plaster cast to like fully set. And while they're warm, while they're applying it, they're like, they cool off so quickly. Agreed. And I just remember Cutie like wanting to be on our chest, but specifically on your chest because you're just warmer than I am in general. Right. And that first night was always rougher just because she wanted to be held and just, I think, comforted more so. But that just stuck out to me as a role that you probably wouldn't have had if we didn't have a cutie, right, in in clubfoot treatment. She wouldn't have been sleeping on your chest all night. So That's the truth. (laughs) So this next topic's a little bit... um, different it's harder to talk about because I know that our experiences differed because for our tenotomy experience our daughter did have a tenotomy on both of her Achilles heels uh, because she's bilateral and how our doctor our casting doctor chose to do it was that they put on a topical cream for numbing but they didn't do a local injection so they just do the numbing cream they leave that on for 15 minutes and then they do the procedure and we're in the room with her when they do the procedure. And I think both of us were unprepared for what that experience was going to be. Yes. And But I think that we also had a very different experience. Hmm. So what was your experience of the tenotomy? And would you have done anything differently? Yeah, I think my experience was difficult just because I decided to watch the actual incision and cutting of the Achilles and that was difficult to see. Um, I think it's maybe part of just the who I am so maybe that's obviously different for other Mm -hmm. people that maybe decide to watch but I think from my perspective I don't like especially for a young kid and not being in control and not being able to help them knowing that this is a good thing for them in the long run but very difficult to see. Um, watching the actual incision on my little kid's, you know, back of the foot mm-hmm. and the heel was difficult. And I don't necessarily know if I would watch it again. Um, I'd probably at least kind of maybe just be there to kind of help support her in, the, mm-hmm. in that piece and just maybe not actually see the, that, the actual cutting of it and just kind of the, I, I know she felt it and mm-hmm. it was not something that I was prepared for. So mm-hmm. I would definitely probably change it around, but it's still was a difficult thing to see. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very concerned for her wanting to help her. Um, and that's just kind of the, the facts of it. And it was mm-hmm. probably, yeah, not, not my favorite time of them all. So. Yeah. It makes like my stomach sink just even thinking about right. it. Like and you can and- even, feel and like I can still yeah. hear the sound sometimes and mm-hmm. that's you know while I don't necessarily want everybody to have to think through that I can mm-hmm. still feel like I I hear the popping of mm-hmm. it and it's just something that I was not you're kind of like wow this is a little more intense than I was prepared it kind of brings me back to you know going to the ultrasound and not thinking everything was going to mm-hmm. be okay and then like not preparing myself mentally for it was um, a little more than I had bargained for I think I so if you could go backwards, would you choose to stay in the room? Yes, 100% of the time. Mm-hmm. I would still do it, even if I 
and I didn't even know if I wouldn't watch. I think if I was more mentally ready for it, mm. that might be a little bit more of the preparation of mm. understanding what was going to happen is probably the biggest thing. Yeah, because mm. I was more up by her head. I was really focused on trying just to comfort her right. more than paying attention to the procedure. But I also think you were a little bit aced out because there were a lot of people in the room. Mm -hmm. Because not only are you doing the tomotomy, I think he had people that he was showing what to do. Right. So there were students, and then they apply the cast right afterwards. So then the casting tech's in there, and I think maybe your place kind of got lost. Partially, and I think the other piece is I knew the casting was going to happen, and I would you're not going to know where it was. What does it look like? How big of an incision was it? Mm. So I was thinking ahead of trying to be like, okay, if she's going to have something and not, I can't take these casts off, especially for three weeks, mm. I'd like to at least have some visual of like, okay, what, where, yeah. how big, what is it? Like not saying it's going to do anything. It's not like I'm going to be able to change it. But yeah. I think part of my reasoning of wanting to watch was just to be able to have more knowledge of understanding mm. of that. Did it do anything? Uh, did it coming from any kind of medical background that I don't have, so no. But it was still my kind of dad moment as to trying to help in that yeah. perspective. That but, that, but again, I was not prepared for what I was going to see either. Yeah. So. I never thought of it that way, but you're right. I'm just trying to have some better understanding of what to even think about for the next few weeks. Because right. I definitely was not in that mental zone. So... I would say my next question is what has been the most challenging part of the clubfoot treatment journey for you as a clubfoot dad? Yeah, I think early on and probably even still to this day, you continually question, mm. is something wrong? Is it right? Like, you know, like, is this a blister? What do we need to do in relation to this? Is it, I mean, especially with casts on your, we, I don't know how many times we thought, is it her two things? Did her foot slip? How's her circulation? Mm -hmm. Like we constantly question that and you don't know mm -hmm. fully. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, maybe because we didn't necessarily have anything happen mm -hmm. or we didn't have a slip cast or circulation, maybe I, but you still question it and you're mm -hmm. going to question it because this is your kid. Mm -hmm. And I was always more worried about probably circulation than I was about the slip cast just mm -hmm. because I felt like, man, this sucks having such tight casts on. Mm. And then going into even the boots and bar phase was just, is her heel down? Is it in the right place? What kind mm -hmm. of blisters do we have? The incessant conversations we have about things that would just be like, and again, it you, you don't know. Mm -hmm. And there's not a lot of like available resources out there to just be like, and everybody's situation is different that mm -hmm. you're not going to be able to have a book that says, you know, this goes again, you know, I'm very logical in my understanding of like, yes and no, like, mm -hmm. is this right or not? Right. And so, right. There's just this, like, I don't know what's right perspective. And, I mean, just listen to, and I think we've talked about listen to your mom gut. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> um, it's probably better than the dad gut, maybe. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe some dads are better than I am, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. But um, I think there's a lot of kind of components that if we thought something was wrong, I mean, make sure you kind of ask those questions. Mm -hmm. um, don't, you know, don't stop until you're satisfied with what it looks like and Mm -hmm. Um, the other piece that was challenging was probably the actual transition to boots and bar. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, as I mentioned, there was not a lot of time from our perspective of during the casting of the other than making sure these things were done correctly, but 
for the most part, you're just kind of keeping your kid like you would, like safe mm-hmm. and feed them and change them and mm-hmm. do all these other things, but with huge, heavy plaster casts on. Mm-hmm. So, but when you go to the boots and bar phase, again, I don't know how mentally I was ready for it. Mm-hmm. And the stress of the first week was probably the most stressful week I've ever had in my life was just not knowing. And like, I thought it was going to be this like glorious, like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. she's out of these casts. Your feet are, you know, quote unquote corrected. And like, it's, you know, you're kind of in this like transition phase that I thought was going to be more glorious. And I was just taken back of like trying to get everything ready in your normal life with your, you know, other kids of like going to school and figuring out, getting them ready and mm-hmm. getting ready to go to work and whatever that is. And then you're kind of like going to change up that routine, but just the amount of time it takes between mm. giving time out of the boots and bar plus the stretches. And again, questioning, am I doing the stretches right? Am I not? Am I putting mm. your boots on correctly? And just those kind of pieces of the stress I felt in there was probably the most challenging. Obviously you get through that and you mm-hmm. get to understand and with anything more practice, you're going to get there. So um, yeah. just be prepared that it might be a interesting transition to boots and bar that I yeah. wasn't ready for. I think we were super excited to be done with the cast. Mm-hmm. And I think our excitement overshadowed what was to come with yeah. boots and bar. Correct. So I think we were both super unprepared for what the transition was going to be like. Like I remember reading on social media posts about the, just the transition, but I think you're so laser focused on the casting and the correction and right. that it's hard to really think about it. And then you get thrust into this environment where now you're really hands-on and trying to manage that all together is difficult and was difficult <laughs> for us. I think right. for some people, they have an easier time. You know, I think it just depends on your kid as usual, but probably I and maybe your own confidence level. Like, I think sure. we're, we were both just like, okay, what are we doing? And right. then we're looking at each other like deer in headlights. Like, what are we doing? And then we have these yeah. other two little gremlins running around. And you're like, how am I supposed to manage all of this at one time? And trying to get you out the door to work. And you know I'm here with a right. crying baby all day long. Right. And two other kids. Right. And yeah. just trying to figure out a kid who's in boots and bars is a challenge in its own, right? Even if you are ready for it, it's just like. Right. Uh, they're probably uncomfortable and mm-hmm. you don't know, right? Yeah. They can't tell you. They yeah. don't talk yet. And what does that look like? And you're just questioning and trying to figure out everything for them by how they react. And it's, it was more than I knew was mm-hmm. coming. And, um, but you're right. I'm sure others are probably a lot smoother transition than ours, but, um, yeah, right. I guess it was a good experience to go through so we can understand that it was like, look, there was yeah. some tough times, but got significantly better. Yeah, so. for sure. So what would you say is most different about parenting our cutie versus our older two girls who weren't born with clubfoot? Yeah, I think, um, the you know, I don't know about from a parenting perspective, I think, and I think you want to allow them you, you I just am really trying to like physically challenge them right mm. I think is one piece and I don't necessarily know if it's um I think plus I don't know if it's also a third kid syndrome you try and give a little more grace right mm. for a lot of things there's probably those two components right mm-hmm. um because you know they're going through a lot of kind of components there um parenting with a 
cutie. Obviously, the lack of sleep for us was a difficult challenge just because it's, I don't know how much it was, but if that would have been the same for if she didn't have club foot, just because, I don't know, like how she would have mm -hmm. slept, it's right. just an unknown comparison. Because right. our others, our first one was obviously not a great sleeper, but um, that was a that was a difficult piece. Um, the other piece about kind of thinking about parenting for the third one was, and I see this with our other two, and if you anybody else has other kids, um, older kids, they just wanted to be involved in a lot of things mm. with the cutie and trying to make sure that as a parent and being so particular to try and get these things right, mm. your kids want to help you, mm. right? And trying to say, how do you let them, like, how do you take a step back while observing and making sure things are done right? But let them be involved in the process too mm -hmm. was a was a big thing for us. So I know that may not be everybody's boat in, in this situation, but that was something that I still to this day have a battle between myself of controlling the situation mm -hmm. and making sure everything's done right so that way your cutie is is taken care of in the way you know, but allowing your other kids because they want to help, they want to be involved. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a fine, that's an interesting balance that I find in uh, wanting because they're 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 excited to help their sister. They want to be mm -hmm. a part of it, and, and they're loving and caring and what they want to do. So, um, I think trying to allow them from a overall parenting perspective mm. is a trying to open that door up. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. I also think it's interesting that you said about the like physically challenging because like I know as a mom, as I'm more. Um, more just concerned overall like mm -hmm. my parenting style with our cutie versus our other two is definitely more vigilant in the like is everything okay like I'm always watching I'm always looking I'm always going is this okay why is she standing like that why you know like it's just this right. constant observation but on the other hand I'm way more sensitive about I want her to move forward. I'm so happy when she jumps and she runs and she does all these like physical things with her feet that I know she wouldn't have been able to done it, do if we didn't have her feet corrected. But I'm also like, I don't want her to do things that could potentially hurt her feet. Like, yeah. I'm like, I don't want you to do gymnastics because I don't want you to break your feet. I don't want you to yeah. go outside without shoes on. I mean, even so like from the big perspective to a small, like, I don't want you to go outside without shoes on because I don't want you to get a cut on your foot. Like, because then I got to put your boots on tonight and I don't want to deal with having sure. something like that. So I think it's an interesting piece, but I wonder if you feel like you challenge her more physically or if you're, if you hold back compared to the other two. I think as we get, as she continues to get older, mm -hmm. I think I'm already feel myself wanting to push her more mm. um and that, maybe not more than the others but i think that's just definitely between the two of us i think that's how we are mm -hmm. right like even our other ones of like all right just you know try yeah. this do that and mm -hmm. trying to get you know from a lot of physical and sports related items that's just kind of how i am but um i do think that there's components where i'm excited to for her to you know do like something like gymnastics or mm. something that she would use her feet um, quite a bit just because I feel, you know, I think it's going to help her but you don't worry build strength. No. You don't worry that she's going to hmm. break her foot? No. I think it's only going to get her stronger is my thought, so. Uh, 
This is why, <laughs> this is why we're different, guys. <laughs> this is why we're a good balance. Yeah. Um, uh, this next question is a little bit more personal. So do you think the clubfoot treatment journey has had an impact on our marriage? Positive think, or negative, yeah, you I don't think, have to just, you think, know, say no, nice think, things. I'd say both. I think early on it was probably very stressful. Mm. Um, one, as a non-researcher, mm -hmm. <laughs> to married to a person, to you who's an extreme researcher and mm -hmm. over, like, to the point you're just like, that's fantastic. Like, one, I take, I obviously take the backseat on a lot of the things that, you know, obviously mm -hmm. from Clubfoot related learn from you what did you see mm -hmm. i think there was components where i'm sure i could have supported you significantly a lot more on some of those aspects um probably getting pushed to make sure that i'm you know reading mm -hmm. different books or what kind of other types of things and you know i know you're looking for support and guidance on that so i think it had an impact there mm -hmm. um I, it's not that i don't think that i ever took it serious or anything like right. that it's just more of I probably wasn't as, you know, one, I think working all the time and then you're kind of like majority of the research, you're like, Hey, here's the 10 doctors I found. And here's the other five things I've looked up on this. And here's what other people said on social media, et cetera. Right. Like mm -hmm. there was a lot of things done. So it's kind of, you know, I took a lot from your cue. Um, but I know there was probably an impact on some of that originally. Um, but I think, being involved in having the conversations and trying to make decisions together was probably the, at least something that I do feel like we both continue to do and did mm -hmm. then. So I think there was that, um, obviously the lack of sleep we got obviously was just having another kid. So there was a combination of both of that and trying to figure out those components have an impact. But again, I think in the long run, it's all been the positive thing for us. Mm -hmm. I think it's trying to do this journey mostly together but obviously there's been a lot more burden on you i understand and acknowledge and give credit to that but i think in the long run it's again it's been a positive impact for our marriage and our family mm -hmm. and trying to really do this together right and how does that look and um you know i'm eternally grateful for all that you've done um you've shown that obviously there's you know my kind of easygoing kind of personality is obviously one side of this, but mm -hmm. it's like, and I think that's where we counterbalance each other, but your continual research has done the best thing for our kid. And that's something that I'll never take away. So I'm very proud and happy to be married to you on that front. So, <laughs> cause it's, uh, you know, I, I want the best treatment for her as well. Right. And would I have gone to the same amount of, you know, digging as you, I can honestly say I probably would not have. Mm. Um, but at the same time, I'm happy to have such a great partner that did. And I know our cutie is going to be, you know, running with the best of them. Yeah. That's so sweet. <laughs> I do think, I think what it's shown us, shown me about our marriage was just that we are, we do complement each other in a lot of ways. Like, mm -hmm you have a really great ability to like ease my anxiety always. But this was a very um, tactile example of that. Mm -hmm. um, 
And I think that you do definitely like I'm worst case and you're Mr. Positivity. And I think sometimes, yeah, there's a rub there, right? Mm -hmm. And it could feel like the burden was on me to do a lot of the research and the care, like just the hands-on care because I, you know, quit my job after she was born and I was home all the time with her, which meant I was on the front lines. And you were going to work. And there were some days that I was like, can we please just switch roles? Because I am going to pull my hair out. (laughs) But um, I think you're right. I think that it's just shown how much we've grown. Like, it's crazy to me because we've been together for so long. Like, we've grown a lot. Like, Mm -hmm. being high school sweethearts, like, the amount of that you change from the time that you meet versus when you're you know mid 30s and you're like okay we're very different people but yet still fundamentally the same right and just looking at this was another growth opportunity which i think we succeeded at you know i mean we're not done yet but agreed we could still have bumps in the road with our treatment moving forward and if but i do feel very certain that if we do have that happen and she relapses that we I don't have so much concern about like what we will do and how we'll get through it I just know that we will great I think that's one thing that I've really taken out of this is that we can really get through nine months of not sleeping so (laughs) if we can get through that together I think we can get through a lot of things yeah I'm with you So I'm interested to know if you, or did you, or do you currently see your role in this journey as a dad different than mine as a mom? I think we kind of somewhat hit on this topic. I think one, trying to continue to push our cutie, Mm -hmm. especially fit kind of a physical perspective, wanting to, you know, see how that, like, you know, how is she going to be involved in whether it's athletics or some kind of piece. And that's mm-hmm. not being the, hey, you've got to get an athletics kind of a perspective. Right. This is just trying to say it's good to kind of keep movement, right? Mm-hmm. Like one thing that I try and pay attention to even on a pretty consistent daily basis is really when I do stretches, I like to hold the stretches, mm-hmm. right? You know, I think sometimes you can get impatient, not you, but everybody no, yeah, can't, right? right? Um and, and in that aspect, it's just, it, you're like, okay, I'm ready to have some downtime. I'm ready to put you to bed and let's get through your stretches and what that looks like. But I really like to try and make sure that I hold stretches, let it kind of do its job and not just kind of fly through it as a routine and just really take the diligence to say, okay, mm-hmm. let's make sure that this is the right way to go about this to kind of make sure that your feet are truly getting the benefit of the stretches mm-hmm. and the PT rather than just doing an exercise to do it, right? Right. So that's one aspect that I tried to, that I still try and just focus on, whether that's a dad or mom thing, no, but I think Mm. that kind of goes in hand in hand with kind of my wanting to push them physically Mm. and just kind of being excited to see them jump and do these kind of things and activities. And I mean, man, this, our third one wants to do everything her sisters do. Mm -hmm. I mean, everything. Everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Peeling her own orange. (laughs) And you're just like, you just see the mess that it makes and you're just like, cringing inside (laughs) Um, but it's uh I think that aspect to it um and then I think just trying to 
have again probably more of my calm nature again that's probably not every dad mm-hmm. versus mom thing but that's just probably a part of our roles um in, in this is mm-hmm. is kind of maybe more of helping support as well mm-hmm. and trying to be there for you with whatever that looks like it's not easy at times right especially mm-hmm. as your conflicts between other kids family life work life personal time for yourself whatever that looks mm-hmm. like there's just this constant piece but how do you help support not only your cutie but how do you support your wife while she's mm-hmm. going through a lot of this like i mean you just had a kid who's like that's already a, an emotional uh-huh. wave that you're kind of dealing with and how do you try and keep some stability there mm-hmm. for for this process because it's already you know a mental you know yeah mess up is, uh-huh. is the calm right, way right. a nice way to say that but it's just a um you know you're you're going through that and it's a lot for the mom and it's a lot for the dad but i think how do you support you know mm. your cutie how right. do you support your wife and then how do you support your other kids if, if that's you know your situation but right um i think those are probably three big pieces mm-hmm. and i do think that that's kind of a natural the supportive role with all of our kids right when uh, when you have a newborn dad's really in kind of a support role mm-hmm. like making sure that you're taking care of your wife, who's not only given birth to your child, but now is your child's life source if you're nursing, right? Mm-hmm. And supporting through that. But I definitely think, as a dad of um, girls, is that you've been a very calming, like a calming port in the storm. Like as there's a storm and you provide a lot of stability and calmness. And I think it's been a really key role for us just in general but also definitely on the club foot treatment journey is this kind of grounding being able to kind of bring us all back and me in particular and kind of going okay like let's think this through (laughs) and come up with a game plan as much as we can right I think we don't know what you don't know so we don't know what's kind of coming in the future but to know that we can come up with a plan together right right agreed I know we didn't see a lot of things like we haven't seen relapse or mm-hmm. difficult correction pieces or right. anything like that. So obviously our situation is can be different. But again, right. how do you try and figure out to be a support and be involved in the process right. is trying to be as best you can. Yeah. Right. I think you've also taken it really seriously. And I think that's another thing that I sometimes see or worry about is that like, you know, if the part, if one partner is really diligent about the boots and bar and the other partner is not, mm-hmm. and how do you manage that? So I've always been really grateful that you've, you know, I'm definitely a black or white kind of person. Like, I'm like, we're all in. Like, yeah. there's going to be no nights without boots and bar. Uh-huh. There's going to be, you know, and I was, I'm not going to, I'm going to do everything in my control and in my power to make sure that I do everything possible to give her the best chance at not relapsing and, um, you know, just having fully functional, healthy feet. And I think you've always been on board with that. And I think that you're just as diligent as I am. And I think that that has been really crucial for us because we didn't have two different stances. We both looked at it like this is our role and we need to make sure that this happens. So Right. And I think as I mentioned, you did all the research behind right. for me to question anything that you've done and like looked up and be yeah, like but you're also is this like, the right piece and like Yeah. But I think 
the, the balance piece, which hopefully everybody can find their own balance. Is, right. is I think the moral of this piece is like you've been if we had the first sign of any kind of blisters or anything like that, right? Mm -hmm. You were way more on top of it. I may have let it go longer and it could have turned to something worse, right? right. So that balance piece mm -hmm. is a key thing for, for couples to figure out of like, don't let your mind go down this huge whirlpool of mm -hmm. like, everything is completely crazy wrong, mm -hmm. but take it serious and figure out what that looks like because you don't want it to turn into something worse, right? right? And I mean, yeah. not saying it's, you know, I know there's been a lot more difficult situations, but, and things like a blister may not be, you know, the worst situation, but it yeah. sure is not comfortable for anybody. And I know they don't want to have to go through it. And luckily we really haven't had to go through terrible times. I mean, we've come very close, I think. And yeah. so, um, but finding that balance is a, is a good blend for everybody if they can. Yeah, I agree. So what would you say is your, proudest or happiest moment so far along the clubfoot journey yeah proudest is obviously when they first start walking mm -hmm. and you see it and you are just like the work you you can just see since the day they were born and you know it's mm -hmm. just like even going back to the ultrasound and mm -hmm. finding out the first kind of diagnosis and what this looks like to when they first walk i mean mm -hmm. it is such a great milestone for everybody to experience and Again, I think it's already a significant milestone for any kid to go through. And mm -hmm. then to see it with a clubfoot kid, you are just like super proud. And you're just like, and you're proud of the kid for all they've already gone through, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're just like, you're not necessarily like, man, I did a great job of like all these things. You're just like, these kids are resilient. These kids are fantastic mm -hmm. as to what they've gone through. They've gone through a lot. They haven't been able to tell you everything they need and want and mm -hmm. how uncomfortable and what a pain in the you know, it's been, and so it's just a difficult thing. So when you see that, you're just like, you know what you're doing it for and why, and you're just proud of them. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think when we saw, I think when we might've gone over to my sister's or maybe it was our friends here and just jumping on a trampoline was mm -hmm. a fun experience too. Um, and maybe it was even a PT appointment. I can't remember exactly what it was, but mm -hmm. it was jumping on a trampoline. You just see you know, and I think even going back to the tenotomy and just seeing her feet kind of stretch and just kind mm. of flex and those kind of things. And just, you're kind of like, that's fantastic to mm. have them go through and not have the fear that something is wrong. They're just like, mm. I see my sister's doing that. I'm going to go do that. Mm. I, I, I can be involved in that. And right. Just go through nothing it, holding so. her back. No, nothing. Right. There's no fear in that kid. And there's just a lot with what they... How, how do they want to go about it? So I think that's been a couple of proud moments for me. Yeah. Yeah. How about recently when she started jumping off the bottom stair? Yeah. It's just right. like, okay, I'm going to jump off the stairs instead. And you're like, oh, okay. But it's like just even those little moments that I didn't really care yep. as much about with the older girls. But with her, I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Like, you're jumping totally. down the stairs. Like, right. this is great. And the reason we bought cheap furniture is so they can jump from couch to couch to autumn <laughs> to couch to thing. And they just, they're constantly, like, playing almost like the floor is hot lava kind of a moment. Right, always. Just her yeah. jumping with her sisters doing it and being involved of, like, there is nothing holding them back. And right. It's just a matter of, like, you know, you're mm -hmm. running with them all. And it's just, it's kind of like this other piece when you get, and I know you've probably talked about this, is, like, as, at least in the book about how you 
what kind of, how do you react when people say, what's, what are those? What is, what's yeah. wrong with, you know, with the, from the casting to the boots and bar during mm-hmm. the 23 hour wear, like all these kind of things. And the questions you get along the way, especially from my, you know, mm-hmm. from family and my yeah. family in particular is just about like, is she still in boots and bar? And you've mm-hmm. answered the question 50 times and you're just like, yes, like this is the same process. Mm-hmm. And when they see them running around, they're like, oh, you couldn't even tell that she has had right. anything. And you're just like, and and it's this weird, like small, like sweet vindication inside. And you're like, mm-hmm. yes, I know. And it's just like, I'm right. super proud of her, of yeah. what she's done and what that is. But it's just kind of like, those are the moments that you're just like, yep, that's exactly right. Right, right. So. Those moments of, I feel like I'm more proud of her every day. Not more proud than my other girls. I don't want to say I'm not proud of them. But I'm just saying I think I feel it more because there's a sense of perseverance that she's had to go through Mm -hmm. and that we've had to go through. Like you said that you were proud of her for walking. But I was also like in that moment proud of myself because I'm like I also stuck with the plan and I did it. And it was hard and I didn't sleep and I was exhausted. But I did it. And... I am also very responsible for the fact that she's walking. It's not like, oh, this is just a natural developmental thing. Like, no, it took a ton of hard work to get there. Right. So I think it's just that proudness is twofold of both us and her. Right. We're both sticking with That's a good it. good point. Yeah. So what is the one thing or one thing in just in general that you would tell other clubfoot parents or specifically clubfoot dads? Yeah, probably parents, and it's just, I mean, especially I think the one part that I go back to, and if I kind of summarize things, is it created an additional bond between mm. our clubfoot cutie, even just during the treatment casting phase, of just showing up to every appointment, mm. being there, trying to be supportive of them as well as, you know, as a family unit to um, your wife, to yourself, right? Like it's easy for me to be there for the first appointment Mm -hmm. and then just be like all right babe you got this right Mm -hmm. but you know especially when you're it could take you know half a day Mm -hmm. every week Mm -hmm. for the first six weeks you're just like how am I going to do this like I know I'm already this like weirdly like mental person when it comes to just trying to take time off work and doing all those kind of things Mm -hmm. so that's obviously who I am and I know I it's fully well well known but it was important enough for me to be there um and during those times you get to see things that you may not realize that you missed Mm. right bath time Mm -hmm. right like you'll hear about it you'll see pictures probably Mm -hmm. but you just don't really get it and just to be able to like see the smile on her face Uh, and again obviously Mm -hmm. it's something it might be something different for everybody but it was Mm -hmm. bath time for me was a good one just even being able to like wash her hair and then just kind of sitting there waiting for her with the towels mm-hmm. over her legs and just kind of like mm-hmm. letting her be in the water for an extra five minutes waiting before the doctors come back in to put the next cast on keeping her warm was just you don't fully see that when you're just kind of in your if you don't have the right. cutie or you're, you're not there, there. and yeah. so i'd say try and be there as much as you can for these kind of things um and i think it's gonna I mean, I still feel a strong bond between all my kids, but I feel a a special piece here as well from our family unit as well, because we went to a doctor who's, I don't know, 
hour, hour and a half at most, like when we're in traffic, right? And I think just spending the time in the car when I normally would be at work mm-hmm. helps kind of, as you talk about our relationship, our how did it have an impact on our marriage? That's a positive part of our marriage. Mm-hmm. Like we got to spend time in a very stressful piece. Right. And I actually almost wished for more traffic sometimes mm-hmm. or like, hey, I, like I would take the half day. Like, because we mm-hmm. would leave early to make right. sure we did not miss this appointment. Right? Yeah, like we were very sure. weirdly making sure you're on time because mm-hmm. you want to make sure that cast is done. You're not like, granted, if mm-hmm. the doctor's late or whatever that is, like you're not late. Like, right. We'll sit in the car for an hour if we had to. But yeah. Baking that extra time in was nice because it's just like you're get to just like, all right, work. You already know that I've got these other things going on, but it was good bonding time for us as a couple. It was good bonding Mm -hmm. time as a kid, seeing things that you don't experience if you're not there. And so that was, that's one thing. And I mean, then the last piece is to everybody, you can do it. Right. Mm. I think that's always the, the piece you're always like, especially if you've been in the, if you're in the early stages, you're like, stressed out Mm -hmm. I don't know what I don't know and you're constantly questioning yourself but you can do it there's a lot of people that are very supportive in this community Mm -hmm. and I you rarely see somebody giving kind of you know there's not false hope out there there's a lot of good people that want to help that want Mm -hmm. to answer your questions just trust your gut as well Mm -hmm. um and I think even when we got our first pair of boots and they're too small or something, and mm-hmm. it was just like maybe not the time that you wanted it to be an hour and a half away was when you had to go get a new pair of boots from, right. <laughs> from a doctor. But anyways, yeah. that's a different story for another right. day. Mm-hmm. But anyways, it's, um, you know, those are, those are a couple pieces that I would say is just, you know, mm-hmm. you're going to get through it and it's going to be hard. But yeah. at the end of the day, when you see your kid, you know, running around and chasing neighbor kids or whatever it is, mm-hmm. right? Whatever your whatever that is to you, you're going to realize why you did this and it's going to make mm-hmm. you smile and your kids going to be forever grateful in a unknowing way. Yeah. Right. Which is right. <laughs> just parenthood in general. It is, which yeah. is, but it's just like, I, mm-hmm. I you know, and I, nobody know, as a parent wants to hear or see that like they're not looking for the recognition of all that you've done, but right. it's just like, you know what you're doing it for and mm-hmm. just knowing what they're going to be able to do in their own life and not have the complication for something that you're like, what, what is this even, how is this even a thing? Mm-hmm. But it is, you're going to get through it. Trust your gut. Mm-hmm. Keep going. And thanks, babe. Of course. Thanks for being on the podcast. <laughs> now you guys know why I want them to be on because he's so great, right? I mean... <laughs> I appreciate you sharing your experience and taking the time to answer all my questions. And I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. And I hope that you guys are able to share it with the other clubfoot dads that you guys have in your lives. Because like I said at the beginning of the podcast, sometimes I feel like we, I'm not as attuned or tapped into the dad's experience. Um, So... I appreciate you guys listening and please share if you find this episode informational or helpful for you in any way. And as always, you can contact me directly through my Instagram at Clubfoot Chronicles Mom. All right. Thanks, guys. See you next time.